listening to a Rua podcast created by St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm your host, Chantal Moyer. For this year's Lenten season, we decided to go back to a book we published in 2009 and offer it as an eight-episode podcast series to be released over the course of the season. The 2009 book, titled A Book for Lent, Toward What We Can Scarcely Imagine and Scarcely Refuse, was written by James Snyder, an American Lutheran pastor and a friend to St. Benedict's Table, with illustrations by Helen Lyons. The first version of these eight meditations was written in 2000 for use at St. George's Anglican Church in Halifax, Nova Scotia. With the exception of the first meditation, which was a sermon for Ash Wednesday entitled Atla, the reflections were all delivered on Good Friday 2000, based on the seven words, or the seven sayings from the cross. Jim provides material of substantial depth, delivered with a bit of grit and with a storyteller's eye to detail, all offered up in the service of the proclamation of grace. In spite of the fact that these addresses were originally delivered on the two most solemn days of the Christian year, they are not without their touches of humor. As you listen, it will become more than a little clear that Jim Snyder is rather thoroughly committed to a perspective that says that in Christ, the grace of God has overcome all else. For this series... Jamie Howison will be reading the text of these meditations. The seventh word, into thy hands I commend my spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be light, and bang, there it was. A universe was called into being out of nothing. Sometime later, God forms the creatures of the earth, among them homo sapiens, Then further down the road, the Creator becomes a fellow creature. God comes to us as one of us, and we kill him. We throw him back out of the world onto a cross, but he forgives, he forgives, for we seem not to know what we do, and as he dies, he declares, it is accomplished. That's about how it goes, doesn't it? God creates the universe and authors all life, and comes to us in this man, Jesus, and then dies and calls it a victory. Where is a Christian apologist when you need one? Who can make sense of this for me? I've never been able to explain it. I can only proclaim it. The absurdity and unfathomability of this whole business, from the words, let there be light, to that ninth hour when darkness covered the whole land, what do you do with it? No apologetics will work here. That's always a big mistake. Some of us do extensive research on the historical Jesus because we want a Jesus we can understand and accept, not worship. There has to be a way of explaining why they would crucify him. They. Not they. Me. Us. But we know who Jesus is, and we wouldn't have joined those benighted fools We would have found a bed for him that night in Bethlehem, too. No, if we say we know in our hearts that we wouldn't have expelled him from the world, then either we don't know our hearts or we don't know Jesus. What did Jesus come to bring, really, that made him so dangerous? 
a social gospel of compassion and equality, a sense of dignity to the downtrodden, more respect for women and children and lepers, miraculous healings, love, mercy, forgiveness, and the kingdom of God. What's wrong with any of that? He was just misunderstood. Not only that, he promised to save us. So what's the problem? We can come up with a hundred reasons why he was crucified that don't implicate us, but none of them are the reason. How is he going to save us? By dying. But how are we going to be saved? By also dying. Ah, and nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to relinquish control of their wills, their life, and turn it over to another. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, remember what the serpent said? No, you will not die. No, you'll be like God. You'll be in charge. You'll be able to manage all of this without God. You will not die. And the human race has been grounded in that illusion ever since. That's our tree, folks. That's the one, and we fall for it every time. Only it is not, strictly speaking, a fall, but an upward ascent, to be as gods rather than the creatures we were meant to be. By contrast, consider the one who didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. When Jesus said, If anyone could come after me, and who doesn't want to do that? Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow. Well, okay, but follow where? To another tree, at the place of the skull. And you know, as well as I, that is a place nobody wants to go to. Truly, as he told his disciples, you did not choose me, I chose you. And when we end up there too, it's not because we chose it, but because we were led. We were taken, not against our wills, but with our wills having died, our wills conformed to his. What did Jesus come to bring that made us execute him? Our death. He came to bring us our death. The death of the old age, the death of the old Adam, and the death of all our pious schemes to usurp God. There was so much at stake. It was him or us, a matter of self-defense, so we made it him. And we did it for all the right reasons, according to the law. It was all legitimate. But that was our last chance. That was the last gasp of the old Adam, and it didn't work. He was waiting for this moment all along, just to show us there's nothing we can do to stop this love. Forgive them. Father, forgive them all. Count them as dead already, even the unborn twenty centuries away, that they may all be drawn unto me and be reborn as the creatures you made and that they may at last know the difference between those two trees. And it was accomplished. And if you've ever tasted the joy of forgiveness, then you know that your death is not figurative or poetic, but literal and real. As real as the bread that is placed in your hands and the wine that is brought to your lips. 
Into thy hands I commend my spirit. That is the last word. And that, perhaps, would be our last word, too, wouldn't you think? Can we do that? Can we commend ourselves to God? Is there anything holding us back? What does it mean to do that? Can I think about it and get back to you when I'm ready? I'm not sure about this. No, that's the surprise. That's the fun part, as it has already happened. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you do or don't do. It's too late. There's no way out. The day that water was poured over your head was the day you were commended to God. Maybe before you even knew what was happening. And do we ever know? And it was final. It was irrevocable. It was eternal. And you'll have to fight like hell to get out of it. And even then, I don't think it would work. Because, as Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all to myself. All, he said. That means everyone. So then, where else could you possibly go? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was Jamie Howison reading a Lenten reflection written by Jim Snyder. Please consult the show notes for a link to a web post on which each episode in this series will be posted as it becomes available. On that post, you will also be able to view some of Helen Lyon's artwork from the print edition of the book. The music for this series is by Steve Bell and is used with Steve's blessing and by the good graces of Signpost Music. If you would like to know more about our work or provide some support for our online ministry, please visit us at stbenedictstable.ca. I'm your host, Chantal Moyer. Thanks for listening. Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when they laid him in?